Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem. This is Watchman Talk, a series of conversations with Israeli military, security, and intelligence professionals, both practitioners and officials. And our guest today is uh, Reserve Brigadier General Ephraim Lapid, Dr. Ephraim Lapid, a senior intelligence officer, the uh, spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces, the uh, head of Israel's uh, army radio, and... A um, few other positions. few other positions and activities. Ephraim, welcome. Thank you very much, Amir. And you are also one of the uh, keepers of the legacy of the Israeli intelligence community, both military and civilian. And we are very fortunate uh, to have with you someone who has seen it uh, from uh, a very close range throughout the last six decades. Now, when you joined uh, the, um, what is now called uh, the Israel National Signal Unit or Unit 8200, at one time it was called 515, then 848, numbers change. Um, it was uh, in its infancy, Almost, wasn't it? Uh, the technology of the late 1950s, the enemies around Israel were mostly the uh, regular uh, armies of Egypt, Jordan, Syria, and so on. What was it like to be drafted into this uh, SIGINT unit? Thank you uh, with your introduction, because I think that the most important word that you mentioned is enemies. And the enemies changed. If we checked the, as you say, the legacy of uh, Israel, 74 years, we uh, started with the, the lo located inhabitants uh, of uh, Palestine at that time. And at that time, uh, the Jewish community was a minority. And as a minority, we had to uh, open uh, very wide eyes and very wide ears uh, to see uh, our neighbors. So before, before uh, May 15, 1948, and the invasion of uh, adjacent militaries from the Arab uh, neighboring countries, the target was the, the perceived enemy was the uh, militant Palestinian population within Palestine. Exactly. And at that time, the most important uh, vehicle to collect information was the human intelligence, what is known as UMINT. Different sites and different uh, options of uh, Arabs that uh, collaborated uh, with the Israelis. At that time, we started also to collect information 
from the media. The media at that time was uh, very limited. The media was the printed uh, uh, media and uh, also uh, the communication between the different cities, which was based on the post at, at that time. So this was the start of what is known today as SIGINT and Cyber, but it started with very, very modest uh, facilities. So pieces of mail were intercepted and telephone communication? Telephone communication between, major, uh, mainly between uh, principles uh, of Arabs, the leaders, when I say leaders, of course, uh, different level of... Uh, how how of was leaders. that done with the British controlling uh, the country? Exactly. That, that was the uh, uh, special uh, ability of the Jewish community that we had close contact with the British, but uh, the same, at the same time, we were also in a certain uh, competition. Uh, they had to be, uh, they sponsored the Jews and the Arabs at that time. But let's move uh, to the but era. They, but they also had surveillance over the Jewish activities. Uh, exactly. And we suffered. We suffered, uh, as, as usual, uh, when you are in close contact with the big empire. On one hand, it, it's good to have uh, this uh, cooperation. But on the other hand, you are a victim sometimes a victim, sometimes a target of uh, the same empire. Uh, after uh, May 1548, we started a, a new era. A new era in all dimensions of, uh, of era. We speak here about intelligence. So let's remember that 48, 56, 67, and 73, these four years, every year is a anchor of uh, uh, events, uh, anchor of uh, a major uh, hostility between Israel and the neighbors. At that time, we spoke about four Arab countries surrounding us. In the uh, south, the biggest, Egypt. In the north, the second uh, enemy, Syria. On the east, Jordan. And uh, also we have to mention Lebanon, although it, it is totally different Lebanon from Lebanon but, that but, we know but nowadays. Let, let me add, please. There was a fifth country, Iraq, which did not border Israel, but from which came many, a, a, many Iraqi Jews who, who were proficient in this art. It's a very important, a very important remark to remember that the capabilities of the Israeli intelligence were based, first of all, in all, in all kinds of intelligence. They were based on a staff of uh, Israelis that uh, their origins were from Arab countries, mainly from Iraq, but also from uh, Egypt, some from Syria, from Lebanon, and a lot, a lot of uh, from Morocco, but uh, as I said, the the four major uh, wars were a target 
to the Israeli intelligence, and not only a target, but also a challenge that was, uh, that changed from war to war. The changes of the intelligence were, first of all, from the point of view of the technical uh, abilities of the world. Sometimes uh, the Arabs consumed uh, local local uh, uh, communication facilities, and mostly they were based on international uh, companies that uh, 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 sold them uh, these facilities. For instance, uh, to send cables. For instance, cables, for instance, the different different types of radio communication from Sweden, from Italy, from France, uh, from uh, Germany. This was for us a, a, a good uh, chance because we had also access uh, to, to these uh, uh, technologies. So uh, the SIGINT that uh, was at that time our second priority uh, source of information after the human intelligence uh, changed if I have a, a, a turning corner, is uh, 1960. 1960, Israel 12 years old. We had a surprise. We, the Israeli intelligence, uh, faced a surprise. Surprise in, in, in our terms meant that uh, our early warning systems did not uh, monitor uh, have not uh, at that time monitored a, uh, an invasion of few hundreds of tanks of uh, the Egyptian military to Sinai. Sinai was an Egyptian territory, but usually these tanks stayed on the western side of it. Exactly. And uh, this surprise, which was in our terms a silent surprise because it did not move to a, uh, a conflict, to a uh, hostile conflict. This was a, uh, uh, an important uh, siren for us, and it changed the priorities. We understood that we cannot uh, rely on human sources, and we have to improve our technologies. One, one uh, other human aspect, the uh, general in charge of military intelligence at the time, Chaim Herzog, was the father of the president, present president of Israel, Itzhak Herzog. Exactly. And, uh, Who later uh, served in your unit. Uh, yes, uh, he and also his, uh, his wife. But back to his father, Chaim Herzog, who was twice the head of the Israeli intelligence, First, as a uh, normal uh, position, and second, he replaced uh, another very important, very important commander of the intelligence, Yehoshaphat Arkavi. But let's uh, see the uh, overall uh, picture. I said that uh, our uh, challenge to monitor the Arab countries in these four uh, different uh, wars, was for us also but, but a permanent one moment, a, a permanent development of our. Uh, but, uh, 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 let's make it more personal. 
Uh, you were born in 1942. Um, I joined at, the military. At, at 18, you joined exactly the same uh, period. And uh, one other note, this is the first uh, time the Israeli military gets a computer, but they send it to the personnel department. They thought that keeping track of draftees was more important than intelligence. Of course, uh, to discuss with you the history, it's uh, a personal challenge that I'm not sure that there are many that uh, uh, can be there. But even with this remark, we have to remember that we had a previous experience with Weizmann Institute, with the computer of Weizmann Institute, a, an academic uh, computer, uh, with uh, uh, academic orientation, but we uh, had the chance to have then there Professor Gillis, who was also experienced with the enigma in the second in world. In code breaking at Bletchley Park. Exactly. And uh, so the mix, if you want the mix, if you want the cooperation between academy and intelligence, which is in the world something that uh, it's not done, but uh, for Israel, especially in the first decade of Israel, uh, this cooperation was vital, really vital, including, of course, the experience uh, of uh, computer, which was for us new. This was the golem? This was the golem, and uh, we are here in a very uh, limited room. But uh, we have to imagine that when we spoke at that time about computer, we need some huge room and uh, some huge uh, capabilities of uh, air condition in order to uh, maintain uh, this. Which uh, now uh, every smartphone has more uh, computing uh, power. Exactly, exactly. So uh, our march of history shows also the, the different uh, changes. Uh, so they came to you from the intelligence corps and uh, suggested that you uh, should serve there? I. I started with three years of academy. I was in the, what we call the uh, academic uh, reservoir, which meant that the military wanted a certain number of uh, young uh, people who will start their military service in the academy. I, uh, at that time, studied the history of the Middle East and the Arabic uh, language, which I uh, learned Arabic also in the uh, high, school. high school. My uh, professor at that time, Dov Iron, was a professor of Arabic that uh, some hundreds, some hundreds of Israeli intelligence uh, personnel uh, were his students. We admired him. And I think that uh, if I have to pinpoint uh, some persons uh, who influenced uh, on my future, he was uh, one, but this, one of the best. But this was colloquial Arabic, um, adapted to what you need. Uh, when, when you listen to uh, two sergeants in the Egyptian army uh, chatting about their officers? One, or if we monitored the historic talk between President Sadat 
and King Hussein. President Nasser. Of course, <laughs> President Nasser. President Nasser and King Hussein in 1967. And I was lucky to be the translator with my handwriting uh, to, to uh, write a uh, title of the talk between King Hussein and President Nasser. Let's, let's focus, let's focus on, on uh, this anecdote. What happened was when the um, um, Six-Day War started, there was a big issue regarding who did what to whom, who fired the first shot and all of that. Uh, your unit intercepted um, a radio telephone uh, call uh, between Cairo and Amman, between President Nasser of Egypt and King Hussein of Jordan, in which the Egyptians asked the Jordanians to help them concoct a lie and say that uh, the Americans and the British helped the Israeli uh, defense forces. Now, first of all, uh, it was, of course, a unique achievement. But then Defense Minister Dayan forced the intelligence chief, General Yariv, to release it, even though uh, he knew full well that this is going to cause a loss of sources and methods. What's your view on this? Uh, this is a, a wonderful example of what does it mean intelligence. Intelligence is a measure in the big effort of strategy of a certain uh, era, of a certain... Uh, it is event. not in, for the sake of itself. Exactly. I, I emphasize it because sometimes people are so satisfied with the effect that, wow, we monitored or we collected or we succeeded too and so on. The, inter the information that we collect we collect generally, even today, even in, in the last days of our fight in Gaza. The information is in the service of a higher mission, what to do with the intelligence. Sometimes it's only to hit, sometimes it's to influence, sometimes it's in a, a certain uh, effort of uh, um, psychological warfare. And at that time, the minister forced us, the minister of defense forced us, we wanted to defend our sources because uh, generally every one of us, everyone today knows that uh, our uh, personal telephone is subject to subject to, to different- uh, if Tapping want, or hacking. Different uh, threats, but we ignore it, even if we are in a military position or in a formal position, we know that uh, someone can monitor, someone can detect, someone can control and so on. But if I know it exactly, I will behave differently. The damage at that time was a big damage after uh, the, uh, this specific information was released, you, you can imagine, and when I say you, I mean even our, uh, uh, our public now, when they think that the Israeli intelligence succeeded 
to monitor the highest echelon of uh, leaders in the Middle East. Wow. And this wow was directly uh, uh, in, in the hands uh, and in the minds of so, so, uh, the different uh, militaries, so and they closed their sources. So it turned out that uh, two of uh, the biggest achievements of the Israeli defense establishment, the military, Mossad and others, because they were, um, they became obvious, then it was self-defeating. The other one being the so-called Moked operation, mm -hmm. where uh, Egyptian planes were caught off guard. They were not in any pens. And after that, the Egyptians and the others started um, uh, hiding them, uh, and, and Israel could no longer do it. And intelligence-wise, once you release it, you are losing your capability to monitor. This is a permanent dilemma, a permanent dilemma, even nowadays, when you see that we, we, I mean the Israeli intelligence, we speak about a certain achievement, immediately we have to remember that such a publicity has a very important uh, uh, reputation, but on the other hand, it has a direct damage. Sometimes we cannot uh, um, um, analyze it uh, immediately, and the effect uh, can be but, afterwards. But this uh, uh, unit, uh, also called the Central Collection Unit of the Israel Defense Forces, did not have any assessment function. What you had to do was get raw information. Sometimes if it was uh, coded, you had to break the code, but then you had to provide it to the assessors, to those who were supposed to have more brain power. At, 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 if, if I take the 70 years of uh, the Israeli intelligence, I can say that the first more or less 50 years were in this very uh, uh, formal division between collection and analyzing the information. Nowadays, when I say nowadays in, in the uh, last two decades, there is a big mix, which is on one hand uh, very important. On the other hand, it is sometimes less professional because uh, if uh, uh, years ago, every uh, junior officer started with the different uh, uh, positions uh, of SIGINT or human intelligence or uh, open sources intelligence and visual intelligence and so on. Nowadays, we can see, you, you can see the existing uh, commander of the SIGINT unit who was uh, as a junior officer uh, in the SIGINT unit. After he was, afterwards, he was a, uh, a intelligence officer of a brigade, intelligence officer of the central uh, command, and uh, a, 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 a senior officer in the headquarter of uh, the intelligence. So the variety of positions and the variety of the experience that people uh, had in, in the Israeli intelligence now, I think it is also something that uh, the world 
uh, is envy uh, to see how we succeed. Let's, let's end the first part of our conversation by focusing on something which you were part of in the late 60s and early 70s when there was heavy Soviet involvement in the so-called war of attrition between Israel and Egypt. And all of a sudden, the focus of Israel's SIGINT efforts had to include the Soviets. All of a sudden, that's, that's the word. Imagine that uh, we are now 20 years old, we Israel, 20 years old. We are experts of uh, controlling uh, the Arab countries. And suddenly we are uh, players in the international Cold War. First of all, we succeeded in 1966 to bring to Israel once in a lifetime of the history of intelligence of the West, a, a, an Iraqi MiG-21 with a pilot, not the book of, not the information about the real MiG-21 with a pilot, with a human uh, person that can be also be... Now, uh, one one has, has to uh, clarify that a MiG-21 was... The latest was at, the, at, that, at that time. At that time Uh, not only the latest technology, but also the Americans had to contend with it, uh, with the phantoms in Vietnam, and Israel, the Israeli Air Force with its Mirage fighter planes. And, and this was for us, for us, the Israeli intelligence, this was an achievement of the Mossad. And it brought us a, a, a big uh, prestige because we exposed these... Uh, uh, item to the Americans, to the British, to the French, to the Germans, all Western world that cope at that time with the Soviet and Union. And you painted 007 on its tail, James Bondish. Of course. Uh, but but, but uh, we only have a minute for the Soviets. Okay. So the, uh, the, this was the start. And afterwards, we had immediately to face hundreds of and afterward thousands of Soviets here in Egypt and Syria, we were lucky to get the assistance of NATO countries and NATO intelligence uh, uh, services. In your case, you went I, to Germany? I was, I was lucky. I was lucky to be in the first team that uh, uh, studied lessons with Germany about uh, the Soviets for us and especially for me as a, an Arab expert, was a total new, and I had... So, uh, so it was uh, both tactical intelligence because their pilots fought Israeli pilots and strategic intelligence regarding their intentions. Now, uh, General uh, Lapid, we are going to have a second part of our conversation in which we will go into more recent events as well as the um, art of OSINT, of open source intelligence, of which you were the leader of a unit uh, uh, in the IDF. For the time being, Brigadier General Dr. Ephraim Lapid, thank you very much. This has been Watchmen Talk. We will be back uh, with another edition with General Lapid very soon.
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.